Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, uh, just under 30,000 house completions were conducted in 2022, a figure widely considered to be significantly short of the average level required to meet the housing demand, never mind to make up for the lack of completions in previous years. And with the recent decision to lift the ban on evictions earlier in the week, what exactly can we expect in 2023 and beyond for our beleaguered property market? I'm delighted to be joined by three estate agents this morning. Uh, Brendan McGee, he's the Managing Director of Franklin's in Donegal. Clement Heron of Clement Heron Real Estate down there in Port Leash. And Louise Kenny is the Director of Lisney Sotheby's International Realty based in Dublin. Um, we might start with you, Brendan. We already tasted the football special up there in Donegal this morning, but uh, thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about your business and the marketplace in Donegal, if you would. Morning, Bobby. I hope you're well. All good. Um, good man, good man. And you're tasting the fantastic football special, which is <laughs> always, always good to hear. Yeah, it was very good. But uh, we're talking about much more serious things now, Brendan, because I wanted to talk to you about the the property market in Donegal. And I, from my visit up there earlier in the week, I'm hearing that MICA is, is still a huge problem. That's right, Bobby. So, I mean, I suppose the market here in Donegal is maybe pretty indicative to what's happening nationwide with such a, a low levels of stock being available. But it, it has to be said that's very much exaggerated in Donegal with this MICA crisis. And, um, you know, if you're not living in the county, you'd be forgiven for maybe not not realizing and not understanding the severity of, of it all. But, you know, there's there's literally tens of thousand proper, uh, properties affected by this. Um, it's got a massive impact on the availability of stock. Um, yeah. All agents are fine, finding the same. You know, um, pretty much now anything under 30 years old is, is, is going to have to have a mica test before it's uh, before it's sold. Um, that in itself causes all sorts of issues. I mean, cost alone is 3,000 plus fat for a test. So, you know, if someone's coming to the market uh, with a property at that, of that particular age, that's something they're going to probably have to get done. Does that uh, mean, Brendan, it, that, that effectively, that if, if you own a house in Donegal, as many people do with, with the MICA problem, that you've got an asset you can't sell? Well, you... Well, I'm not, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't say you can't sell it, but I mean, any purchaser at the moment uh, naturally wants to protect themselves against buying one of these properties because they're omitted from the scheme, uh, the redress scheme. If they if they buy the property after I think it was um, January 2021, so it's absolutely buyer beware now. So I don't blame any purchaser wanting protection. Uh, but you know this is this is another obstacle uh, in the way uh, of the market up here. Right. I mean, the chronic shortage of properties is 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 beyond belief, to be honest. Okay. All right. Stay with us, Brendan. We'll be back to you in a second. Uh, I want to bring on our next guest now, Louise Kenny, director of Lisney Sotheby International Realty. Uh, congratulations on the now. Well, I suppose it's not a recent merger anymore with Sotheby's, uh, Louise, but. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your world. As I understand it, you're in residential sales. That's right, Bobby. It's great to be here today. Thanks for having me. Um, in residential sales in Dublin, I would say we've a fairly uh, healthy market at present, Bobby. Um, as you know, any market is driven by supply and demand. 
in the early part of Q4 in 2022, we did feel a nervousness creep in. People were worried about interest rate rises, cost of living and, you know, the ongoing war in Ukraine. And we did feel a pullback at that point. People weren't coming forward to buy properties or to put them on the market. However, later on in the quarter in December, which would traditionally be a quiet time for us, sentiment did shift. Demand increased and that has kind of filtered through into the early part of this year. So have you enough properties to sell? Uh, Because I know that's how you make your living. So uh, if we hear there from Brendan that there's no properties to sell, it affects his income. So you're saying that there's loads of properties to sell, is there? Uh, No, I'm not saying there's loads of properties to sell. There's certainly a shortage of properties. The demand is strong. So I suppose what I'm saying is what we have are selling extremely well. And selling for a higher price on the basis of demand. Obviously, yeah. supply is lower. Yeah, you know, demand is there, so the prices are fairly strong. Right, yeah. OK. Uh, stay with us, Louise. We've lots to talk about. Uh, Clement Heron of Clement Heron Real Estate uh, down there in the beautiful County Leash, Port Leash indeed. Clement, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you very much, Bobby, and it's great to be here. Tell us a little bit about your business. <clears throat> Our business is residential, commercial and owner management company, but principally today, I suppose, we're talking about a residential uh, end of things. Uh, We manage a couple of hundred rental properties. Uh, We sell a lot of secondhand stuff. We have three new developments on. So it's very busy and we're we're, we're trying to predict what's coming down the line. And it looks like we're going to have uh, a tsunami of secondhand properties coming at us with the landlords exiting the market. Uh, That's one thing I wanted to talk to you about, Clement. Um, And we've been talking about it earlier on the show here today and it's been a, a big topic of conversation all week. So you said you represent, what, 200-odd rental properties? About 200, So yeah. give us your experience. You, you also just mentioned there a second ago that there's an exit of la- exodus of landlords leaving the market. Are you surprised at that, or do you blame them? No, I don't blame them. <clears throat> I'm not surprised. You're, about, you're heading for 20 years on from when the free money was being dished out by the banks and everybody was buying houses and we had lots of accidental landlords and we have lots of institutional landlords. And this is going back and, r- and around now is the time that they're starting to come into positive equity. They're looking at it and they want to get out. That's mm. one side, okay? And you've got to be crystal clear. That landlord is our brother or sister or friend or colleague. They're not um, big, mean machines in the sky. Then you have the tenant who's paying 13, 14, 15, 1800, depending on where their location is, they're paying a very high rent. That tenant cannot uh, possibly save a deposit. The cost of living has gone through the roof. So they're the really squeezed. They're squeezed in the middle. Yeah. So the, the solution, in my opinion, is that that the person that's in the house gets the opportunity to buy the house. They want to buy the house from the landlord. Straightforward tran- transaction. How would but that they work get, in practice? How that would have to work in practice because the bank can't give them the money because the bank has uh, all these problems that they don't allow this ability to pay the rent as part of their mortgage. However, the local authority doesn't need this tenant showing up at their gate being saying we're now homeless. So the local authority has a tap on the money to say, here you are, um, tenant, I've looked at your last 18 months or six months bank statements. You're well able to pay 1,500 quid a month. I tell you what, the mortgage will cost you about 890 and we'll get your, or the interest in your mortgage. So you will get into ownership of this house. So, so the authority wins. Yeah, so not to cut across you, Clement, but what I understand you're saying is that the local authority would effectively underwrite the 
tenant in the sense that they would be almost like a guarantor for a good paying tenant that was that had a proven track record of paying the rent. Almost like a guarantor, but not a guarantor. They're going to give them the money and they've got to be crystal clear. If you miss a payment, you're out. Yeah. <clears throat> and they have to do that because people that want to help themselves are very easy to help. And this is going to prevent it coming down the line. It saves... You can't talk about RPZ and changing RPZ and all these mistakes that are made. They're made and they're 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 not going to be very popular if you start meddling yeah. with them because the uh, people uh, who make the rules have to win a popularity I contest. I think that's a good suggestion you make, and I also think that you know putting landlords against tenants, which is what we've kind of done in the media, no. setting one off against the other, is not a a, a good a good premise but there's, uh, for resolution. There's there's a huge zone of potential agreement there. Uh, for for all parties yeah. and and alienation and and sometimes would say media and I don't want to talk about media I say having really bad ideas but the sensational stories land in the papers all oh, this landlord is a terrible thing and there's a court order against but that's that's five percent or yeah. maybe seven percent of the market the vast majority of landlords are sound a hundred percent people and I'm listening to them very yeah. carefully and I'm listening to the tenants the tenants just want security a tenure and landlord quote unquote came on the phone with me yesterday he says Clement. I just want out. Yeah, okay. Uh, Brendan, let's go back to you. you. You heard Clement there. He's put forward what I think is a very stoic and reasonable solution uh, or part solution uh, to what is a very complex problem. What are your own thoughts on, 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 the, on, on the scenario around uh, the, the um, eviction notice? Yeah, listen, I mean, Clement spoke uh, very clearly there on, on, on the difficulties. I think that here, listen, the solution we all know is more stock. Uh, we need more properties built. And how long do we need to continue to talk about this? And, uh, you know, we look at the we look at the hospitality industry and we see what the government did for them by way of reductions in the VAT rates. I mean, that, that for developers is a serious issue. And I personally feel, you know, by the stroke of a pen, this government could could reduce the VAT rate for these developers to make, like, in Donegal at the moment, you know, you could see a situation where if a developer got a site for free, they would still have struggled to make money. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not here on behalf of the Construction Federation, but, I mean, we, whether we like it or not, we need people building houses. And I think if we got a wee, if they got a bit of support by the government, by way of some sort of marginal VAT reduction, I think it will go a long way towards the um, the supply of more properties because you know there yeah. just there just there just isn't enough, Bobby. That's that's the harsh reality. Well, that's another suggestion help. there, and I yeah. I think developers are like landlords. Again, they're people that we love to hate. I don't know why, but uh, uh, Louise, what are your yeah, thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I think as you rightly said, Bobby, landlords and tenants need to stop being pitted against each other. You yeah. know, it, it's neither's fault. What we need here is long-term government policy change, I think. Um, I think it was a brave decision of the government to do what they did this week with, you know, uh, very mixed opinions on both sides. It, it's not black and white. On the one hand, you have these harrowing stories of people who genuinely face homelessness in the coming mm. months. And on the other, as Clement said, very normal landlords, you or I, you know, 
might have one property, maybe accidental landlords who for the last number of years haven't been able to increase their rent. The cost of servicing the property has increased with interest rate rises and they're not able to increase the rent to you know keep yeah. up with this. So it, it's a difficult situation. Um, I do think, as Clement said, you know, housing bodies buying property, councils buying property, that's where we need to look. And developers and builders need to be encouraged. You know, they're people who have something that we sure. desperately need and I think we need to work with them. OK, we'll, we'll move on from, from, from that and I think we've, we've given us robust debate which I, I think is very useful. Staying with you, Louise, uh, tell me a little bit about the business of being an estate agent, of being an auctioneer. I presume it doesn't suit you if the market is too hot, which it might be argued that that's the case in South Dublin at the moment. Yeah, sure. I mean, at the moment, I suppose, as I said, you know, the demand is very high. Supply is low. Um, Properties traditionally that are in good condition are selling very well. For a while last year, properties that needed renovation were slower. Uh, Bobby on the market but they now have picked up given the lack of supply they're now getting more popular as well Um, but yeah I mean I would see supply will probably increase a little bit this year. I think given the time of year, generally people put properties on kind of after St. Patrick's Day, Easter, that sort of thing. So I think supply will pick up. Obviously, if supply picks up, those prices will um, steady somewhat. Um, but I think, you know, supply will will pick up in okay. the coming months. Clement, is, is there, when it comes to competition in the business, if there's less properties to go around and the same amount of estate agents, how's, tell me about the competitive scenario in the business. Well, you got to make sure you just stay one step ahead of them, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, you got to realise, you know, who your customer is. You know, if they're a builder, a builder will build a house on top of your head if he thinks he's going to make a margin on it. Yeah. He doesn't mind. He wants to build. He wants to get on with it, you know, and, and the suggestion maybe having a look at the VAT rate will certainly include... There'd be no difficulty with supply planning, little bit of an issue there. Yeah. Um, all densities, always an issue there. And there are lots of roadblocks. The cost of construction, the soft costs are absolutely through the roof. So that's discouraging builders. from. But I'm looking at it with say that you've got to know when you're talking to your builder how to do feasibility study to understand where the market is, what the work they're going to do, what's next, how the help to buy works, how the, the you know, the, the different incentives and schemes that are already in place you've got to make sure you know how they're going to work and how they but, but you also got to look at the at the at the lands and say what's likely to come and what i think should happen yeah. next and so you have to be an expert in a whole lot of things mm. in order to impart that knowledge onto your clients well you have to, you can't claim to know but yeah you, you, you're going to have to put the ideas in front of them you're going to have to be able to do feasibility study and not walk them into a shambles you know that and uh, six months later you've oversold a new development and now it's not making money or you've undersold a new development and you need to get the finger out and, and, and change the pricing or the specification to get it across the line. So yeah, you have to stay abreast and with the the, the rules on, on the, and, and I'm looking up with say Ashley's end of the business and she's looking after all her rental and when you're looking at 115 uh, rule changes since the, since the establishment of the RTB, that's... It's- that's Technically, really, it's complicated, and it's really, really yeah. good that um, I, I can get opinions from solicitors, and I say, well, actually, you know what, uh, in-house uh, is better than anybody, and they're ringing us, and we're we're the we're their expert, and we we like to. Okay, Brendan, can I come back to you? There's a, a very interesting WhatsApp that I've just received here, and I'd like your views on it, Bobby. It pains me to see the amount of boarded-up houses I come across. Uh, from a village, uh, Ratcool, 15 miles from Dublin, and I know of about eight houses on the main street boarded up. How many more villages are like this? 
uh, why can't we do do, give, do them up and give a family a start the government needs to get tough on people who own these houses like uh, use them or lose them uh, that approach is needed how radical is that or is that something you think we should be because I think we need to think radically here yeah listen I mean I, I, I mean for what it's worth I can only speak for my own county and you know that idea of of driving down the road and seeing a lot of boarded up houses we just don't have much of it here bobby i have to say right i mean you know um our our country our nation have said recently that you know there's there's no properties available but it's kind of strange to see that uh when when our friends from ukraine arrive in all of a sudden there's properties popping up left right and center for them and you know why is that i think they've all been incentivized i think there's money there's opportunity for them so i mean you know, again, again Donegal, uh, there was next to nothing available, and our friends arrived, and there's property popping up all over the place, and um, you know, it's uh, it's certainly not an issue in Donegal where you're having okay. you're having a load of, a load of properties that that aren't occupied or, or or left vacant. We just simply don't have that here. Maybe I'll ask Clement Heron what his view of it is. Um, we've mopped up about six or seven of the last ghost estates in Leash, and I'm working on the last one now. So they're they're ghost estates, as in new houses that were getting boarded up. A lot of the time, you'll find uh, Brendan that the the houses that they talk about that are boarded up or vacant are in dispute or in receivership, and there's title issues or there's an ongoing legal issue, and that's <clears> why they're in no man's land and, and they're very hard to CPO. And complex as it is, it it again points to the demand in the marketplace. If you say that seven of the eight ghost estates that you know about are now back working that they've basically come back to the market sold a lot okay wow you heard it here folks sold a lot uh, that it, it, a true estate agent uh, delighted to talk to my guests today about a very complex and technical issue which is the property market thank you indeed to Brendan McGee Managing Director of Franklin's Estate in Donegal Clement Heron of Clement Heron Real Estate in Portlaoise and Louise Kenny Director of Lisney Sotheby's International Realty. Thank you all for joining us. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.